listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my dad. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here for episode 46 of The Awakened Soul. That is episode 46. Here to talk some Infinity War. But before we get into Infinity War, we are going, well, I am going to be talking about uh, the situation going on with Kanye West. I'm going to be talking about the Childish Gambino new video dropped. And then I'm also going to be talking about um, just idol worship and how... You know, the modern day version of idol worshiping seems to be how a lot of people feel about their celebrities. So that's all we're going to be covering on episode 46 of The Awakened Soul. But before we get into that, I do have, and I said I was going to start doing this a while ago, and I kept forgetting, charges to my mind, but not my uh, not my heart. And uh, we're going to get into some of our five-star, newer five-star reviews. Um, so yeah, I've been I've been looking forward to reading this. So the first one. Um, and this one comes from the username is chocolate face. So I have no idea who that is, but the first one says from the first episode is it is easy to see how excited has been, how excited Hayes has been about the work that he does and what is presented to us. Every episode has great sound music content and good energy. It's not hard to recognize that each episode is well thought out and amazingly edited. Thank you for that. I want to thank you. Uh, I love reading reviews like this. We're going to get into the next one. Um, the next one comes from King T. Again, you guys, you guys are killing me with these usernames, but uh, that one is I'm new to listening to podcasts. I discovered this podcast through the coolie and I'm hooked. Not only to this, but all the podcasts Hayes is a part of. This host is something special. Thank you for that. Shots. Um, and the next one is from No227. And this one is just, just simply says, and it's titled The Best. Just the best all-around podcast I have ever heard. So that's our new five-star reviews um, for this week. I want to send thank yous out to everyone who left those reviews. Also, Check out the Breaks Radio, which is my hip hop podcast. Um, for anyone who wasn't familiar um, with with that, uh, yeah, it's the Breaks Radio. We're having our first live show July twenty first coming up very soon. I'm super excited for that show. That's the one that I host with Johnny and Ralph from Oversaturated. Um, so yeah, I look forward forward to that. But all right, now that the business is all settled, we're gonna get into another brief intro on the other side of that music. I'm gonna be talking about, you know, some of the things in the mind of Hayes. I already let you know what was gonna be in it. So we're gonna step into the mind of Hayes right after this music. I'll see you guys on the other side. I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. You hear about slavery for 400 years? For 400 years? That sounds like a choice. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, you was there for 400 years and it's all of y'all? You know, like... Bro, what are you talking about, man? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you crazy. Does that make me crazy? All right, ladies and gentlemen. So, you guys knew I was going to talk about it. Um, I'm pretty sure anyone who listens to this podcast faithfully knew this Kanye stuff I was going to eventually get into. Now, I thought we were going to get into it on the Breaks Radio, but... Johnny did not want to talk about anything Kanye West, which I completely understand. There's no shots there at all. Um, 
because why why talk about this madness if you don't have to um but uh yeah so you know as you guys heard in the clip Kanye West's comments on slavery was a choice um and yeah I want to implore anyone who's just seen the headlines who's just heard that clip who um hasn't seen the full video to really pay attention to the full video because there's more in there than that um he goes on to kind of explain what he meant by it I think with even more time he would have he would have not made sense truthfully but he would have tried to and that's where my problem with this whole Kanye West mess lies in is that yes a part of it he has an album coming out so I fully believe part of it's marketing um part of it's also the the reaction to um after the whole MAGA hat and the Donald Trump comments and we all know at this point in time talking or being on the side of Donald Trump is almost looked at as anti-black within itself much less Kanye West doing it but what I'm going to particularly focus on in this conversation is not necessarily the slavery was a choice comments because i did talk about that over on um uml with poindexter on his show so i want to implore everyone to look at look out for that and check that out for my more in-depth thoughts on that specific part of the conversation but what i want to talk about here more so than that is this thing that everyone wants to go to on now Kanye's crazy Kanye's in a sunken place it's Kim Kardashian what happened to Kanye listen this has always been Kanye West always did we forget the comments on national tv of George Bush doesn't care about black people did we forget the fact of that he stood on the table and started rapping to get his his record deal did we forget about the Taylor Swift incident this has always been Kanye West. And so for people to sit there and act like this is all of a sudden something new from him. No, the only thing that's really changed now is he's saying things that you guys don't like, which that, rightfully so have a problem with that, that there's nothing wrong with having an issue with anything that anyone says. There's nothing wrong with pushing it forward. That conversation It's all about how you want to go about it. But to sit there and act like this hasn't always been how this man is to me is asinine because this has always been how Kanye West has been. The man is it like all people who are extremely creative to sense has been looked at as crazy from one party or another. Just I mean, just think about it. I'm sitting here talking to a microphone by myself. At some point, somebody in history would have thought I was crazy as hell. Um, and I'm not. And that's that's again, that's not to take away or to say that there's validity in Kanye West's statements. I'm more so talking about the people who want to attack this man's mental health because of that. He's saying just saying shit that you guys don't like to hear or don't want to hear i don't want to hear it, but i'm not gonna say he's crazy for it i mean he, he he's crazy to think that to think that way but for making the comments for what he's doing in social media what he's doing in the public eye that part is not crazy because kanye west does this and now that he knows that the attention's on him it's just gonna turn up more and he has an album release coming this is you guys right now and see i'm a wrestling fan and in wrestling, when you when you fall for stuff like this, you're called being a mark. And right now, everyone's being a mark to what Kanye West is doing, in my opinion, is that I, I, I'm to, to, even if the, whether these are his real thoughts or not, I'm not even getting into that um, because I can't have the conversation with the man to find out. But let's just say these are his real thoughts. Um, 
he's now going to magnify that. He's going to say it a little more adamantly. He's going to present it in a way that's going to elicit a reaction because in a lot of people's mind, controversy sells. Just think about it. That's that that, that, that that's a big part of this. That's a big part. Everyone's being worked. And that's why I said it's even more so than, than being a mark. I, I used the wrong, and I'm a wrestling fan. You think I would have used the, the same one. But it's when you're falling for a storyline in wrestling, you're being worked. And right now, he's working the masses to the highest degree. Um, I always love it when I could throw wrestling terminology in, in something mainstream, by the way. But nonetheless, um, so th- that's really what's happening here. And and I just want everyone to really kind of s- take a step back and really, really think. Look at Kanye West the whole time he's been in the public eye. And look at what he did then and what he's doing now. And you'll notice there's not really much of a difference there besides the words that are coming out of his mouth. I do think that Kanye suffers from elite elitism um, very much so. I think that now that he is in a position where he is financially and with the Kardashians that you can kind of lose the fact of of sensibility on how day to day black people are go- we're going to react to the things you said. Um, because if you really like I said, I want to implore everyone to look at the whole watch the whole video because a lot of what he says isn't necessarily just about race it's more about class and um that that brings about a whole nother set of problems that i can get into a whole separate podcast about that i'm not going to do this episode but i just wanted to comment on that we're going to move over to the next topic at this point next topic is the this is america video the song the video everything childish gambino um what I want to I, I want to start this off by by just acknowledging the creativity of, of Childish Gambino. Um, he is just like doing it on so many different levels that it's it's ridiculous. Like musically, um, he he's 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 amazing musically. Like a lot of a lot of what he does is so creative and so high concept um, that. It, 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 I think some of it gets missed. And then when you come out with a video like this and some of the imagery in it, as far as like the, the gun violence and him shooting the, the, the choir singers. And when you really look and if you want to break down this video and I know I use this phrase a lot, but it could really be its own episode. If you want to break down everything that was in this video, every little detail and what it could mean and, and what it was referencing. And it, it again, and he's just a, a highly creative person. What I do want to say, and the reason why I wanted to definitely link these two together is that a lot of people now on Twitter are saying, oh, well, Childish Gambino is now filling that role Kanye West had. And I kind of thought that at first, too. But I, I want to say this, like, don't just paint it in that light, because I think in that case, you're taking away from his own artistry and creativity and what it is like he's doing it in in film, TV and musically. Just let that soak in. The guy was writing a Deadpool comic book. Like it's it's, it's utterly it's really it's 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 amazing. Um, so I, I want to the, the video is, is creative. I love the song. Um, and he's 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 on the on the flip side of that. And like I said, I don't like comparing his creativity to Kanye's because they're really on di- on different levels at, at 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 in my opinion. But what he's doing is is also using the positive controversy if if the, if you want to use the the word as positive controversy but he's using that image imagery and that that the conversation that he knew his video was going to start um very well and that that's that's what you should do with publicity um so yeah he's he's causing all of us 
to take notice and to have a, a deeper conversation on what could possibly be meaning in that video. And I've always said this this podcast, the whole purpose of it was to provoke thought and conversation. He's doing that. That's what the purpose of the video is. So hats off to that man. Um, and then we're going to get into this last topic in the mind of Hayes before we're going to get into the fun stuff, the Infinity War stuff. Um, and that is, you know, you see a lot of how social media and, and not just youth anymore. It's adults. These are 30, 40 year old people, how they react when celebrities that they like or that they can relate to do certain things like it really shatters their whole world you know you had the 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 people who had the church of beyonce and you know i'm I'm, i poke fun at the beehive from time to time because they're just the easiest people to get riled up on twitter um but that's all in fun and games but you had people who literally had a church of beyonce um you have people who this kanye west stuff is completely throwing them off and they feel so hurt and betrayed by it and my thoughts to that are who are these celebrities to where they deserve to get that much or have that much impact in your life like don't get me wrong i love music i love certain artists i love certain actors i have an affinity for a lot of them but they're not they're not changing my life you're not going to sit here and see me get depressed over over kendrick lamar doing something crazy which he doesn't do much crazy but even if he didn't that's one that's my favorite rapper right now because who 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 are when you really sit down and think about it these celebrities are just flawed people like every single one of us trying to live their life. They're just at such a level in which people want to follow them around. They don't deserve to, to somehow impact your life in, in, in a way like that. Like maybe their art impacts your life. That's different. But when you take what a person goes through day to day and you feel so betrayed by something that they do to where like you're hurting yourself, you're flipping out at work, you can't operate. That's idol worship that's not a good thing i mean it's just it's really not and it's silly people get so caught up in feeling like 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 they like they know these people and and don't get me wrong the best celebrities you you do get to know them through their art but even with that said let's let's take this let, let let's say for example my best friend brian i know him i've known that man for 15 years my best friend i can call him right now and if i needed him he tried to try to find a way to drop it and do it. But the, but if he does something crazy, I'm not getting depressed about it. I may pray for the man. I may reach out and talk to him in the best way I can. But I'm not going to sit here and not be able to function at work because he did something crazy. And that's literally my brother. Like, I, I look at that man like my flesh and blood. But I'm not going to what? Like, and that that's really I just want to zoom out and think about that. Like, it's, it, it doesn't make any sense when you think about it. If if some, for example, somebody bit Beyonce at her party without any of the facts coming out, people all on Twitter going off, being pissed off it's for celebrities that they thought did it, unfollowing them. Why? Maybe that's just me. I, maybe that's just me. I don't put enough in any in any celebrity to sit there and they're just people like they're really just people it's really not that serious but you know that's enough for me on my high horse we're going to take a musical break on the other side of that we're going to get into our infinity war review now this is going to be a little bit different i have sound clips from people and other podcasters they're going to drop in their thoughts on on the movie we're going to cut that up with me coming back with some of my thoughts on on different aspects of the movie overall we're going to cover it all just again creativity wanted to do something different so let's get into the music i'll see you fellas on the other side 
going on, y'all? You already know who it is, Mr. Petty himself, Scoop Grady from the Inside Scoop Podcast. Shout out to the Awakened Souls Podcast. Thank you for this opportunity, man. The, the name of the show, it really symbolizes what the hell happened in the movie Infinity War. Because Thanos, that dude is a bad boy, man. First of all, you know you bad when you got the Incredible Hulk, who ain't afraid of nothing, scared to come out and fight. Bruce was trying to get that man to come out and fight like 300 times. Dude was like, no, you are frightened. He did not want no problem with that man. And then out of that, the movie was great. Don't get me wrong. It left me with a couple confusions on, are the superheroes dead? Are they locked away? Are their souls taken somewhere? And it's like, I, I can't wait for the second one to come out because I'm really confused. But, it made me wonder, like, when Thanos snapped his fingers after Thor, shout out to Thor, that dude, in this movie, man, he let me know he's somebody. <laughs> he let me know he is the real deal, man. But um, when Thanos snapped his fingers and they all, it exploded, you notice the hand cracked. So is that, do that mean that something didn't go as planned or something happened? I don't know, man, but no, um, Throughout the whole movie with Iron Man and Spider-Man and um everybody had Thanos locked down where they could take the thing off take the thing off his hand. Star Lord caught feelings, man. I was pissed off, man. I don't think I ever got mad at a superhero from the screen. <laughs> Star Lord. I understand you was caught feelings, man. You should have took that man out. You should have shot him. And then when you tried to shoot, bubbles came out. Just pissed me off, man. And then on top of that, man. If y'all not a fan of Drax, Drake's, I, I don't, I forgot Drake's the, Instro- the destroyer. That dude is hilarious, man. I swear to God, I don't think I never laughed this hard at a superhero, and I don't think he was trying to be funny. I think that was just him being his normal self. But uh, yes, and then and all the, and then they had the audacity to mess up Wakanda like that. You don't mess up Wakanda like that. You don't damage the, the city like that. They got their nerve. They better put some respect on Wakanda. Got their nerve. Yeah, but overall, man, the movie was good. I didn't like the ending. That's the only thing I had with it. And then I thought the Avengers was going to win. To see them not win, it was just like, man, like, there's somebody that can beat them. So I'm itching to see what's going to happen on the next uh, movie, man. I will definitely be there the the day it come out, y'all. But overall, man, it was a great movie. I loved it. Make sure y'all check it out. And again, thank you, Awakened Souls, for the opportunity, man. Uh, make sure you check out the Inside Scoop on SoundCloud and iTunes. But definitely follow the Awakened Souls, man, because they definitely making moves, man. And they definitely putting on for the city, man, for real. Y'all take care, man. The Inside Scoop. Scoop Grady. Niggas fighting over rings, niggas won't be the game, but long little cheek for a little old thing, little boys bang bang. Long little cheek, niggas fighting over rings, niggas won't be the game, but long little cheek. Yeah, watch pretty mama while I slay my cane. Long little cheek. Uh. All right, so that was Scoop. Uh, Want to send shots out to Scoop. Thanks for uh, sending that in. So my first segment. Of this Infinity War review, we're going to be talking about, we're going to go straight to the top. We're going to be talking about Thanos. And what I wanted to talk about with Thanos is this, is that in my humble opinion, I try to stay humble. Um, In my opinion, Thanos is the best comic movie villain, period.
period. I don't think it's even a conversation. I think the one previous to him was definitely the Joker. Thanos, I'm going to give him the rub here because I just think Thanos was way more layered as a villain. I think when you look at what Thanos wanted to accomplish, yes, he wanted to kill half of the universe, but that death, all that death and destruction was only as a last resort. If Thanos could have found any other way to solve what his view of the problem, and that was limited resources, if he would have been able to think of any other way, he would have done that. Even more so than that, another thing that I think highlights that is that, and this is something, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts that I haven't really heard many people point out, is that Thanos, even in this movie when he did fight the heroes, he never usually was the aggressor. He was very rarely the first one to attack. Now, I mean, if you look at it, um, with the Gamora and, and the Guardians of the Galaxy scene, he could have killed all of them right then. It wasn't until they charged him that he used the reality stone to change their form. And even then, he did not kill them. Go back on Titan with Doctor Strange and Iron Man and Nebula and, and Spider-Man, that whole crew. When he first showed up and saw Doctor Strange there, he asked is the mall dead dr strange said yes he all his response was this day does have its toll he could have right there attacked dr strange out of anger he did not it wasn't until they attacked him that he attacked um going back now we don't we did not see how that um that scene with the asgardians at the beginning of the movie we didn't see how that started yes we came into the death and destruction but we don't know he was after the tesseract so you know, just because we can, we don't know how that scene played out. He could have very well boarded their their um, spacecraft first. As for the Tesseract, hell, as hot hot as Thanos is, once that ship came up to them at the end of Ragnarok, who's to say Thor didn't open up firing first? We don't know. But what we do know is in that opening scene, when he's talking to Thor, when he's doing his monologue, he wanted the Tesseract. He could have murdered Thor there. He could have murdered Loki there. It wasn't until Loki tried to to kill him that he responded physically. It wasn't, and, and even then, that that before then, when he was talking to Loki, the Hulk came out of nowhere. He let the Hulk have a couple of hits before he responded back. Just think about that. When's the last time we saw a villain in which did was very rarely the aggressor, the person who started the conflicts? We can go to the last scene in the movie on Wakanda when he appeared. He could have killed everyone there. He didn't kill a soul until he did the snap. Now, the only things that come back that are, like I said, that opening scene. Also, Xandar, which we did not see, so we don't know how that played out. We don't know how it played out with the Collector on Nowhere. He could have showed up on Nowhere first, asked for the stone, knowing the Collector. He probably got tired of, of, of some shit before he burnt it all down. Let's go... Um, also, to um, where did I want to go with this next? Um, so we covered nowhere. We cut. Co- we covered Wakanda. Um, we we covered the Asgardian ship. I mean, I think I covered it all as far as like him not being the aggressor. Um, and then let let's 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 flip it on this. How many times has was Thanos in this movie showed to have compassion with Iron Man? He could have killed Iron Man off there. That was even after he had been attacked. That was after they almost got the glove off of him. He said to iron man i hope they remember you compassion to star lord when on nowhere when it came to that scene with star lord he didn't want to see star lord shoot his daughter even though he dared him and dared him and dared him to he just wanted to know that the person who had his daughter's heart 
was as willing and as driven for their goal as he was. He was willing to do anything to accomplish his goal. He wanted to see that in Star-Lord. Hence the scene ending in, I like you, before he, he teleported off. Now, oh, the the cruelty on um, Noma Valir uh, with, with the dwarf that was actually a giant. Yes, he killed out all the dwarfs there and he uh, put metal around his hand so he couldn't make anything else. Definitely cruel in that sense. Um, and uh, Vermeer, when they were there and discovered the Red Skull before it was, it was shown that it was the Red Skull there, when he was just floating there, what did Thanos do? He took that gauntlet, if you pay attention, and the first thing he did, he he put the gauntlet in front of Gamora to protect her because he didn't know if that floating being was going to attack them. When's the last time you saw a villain like that? Now, there have been compassionate villains in other movies, but specifically comic book movies, not very rarely. That's why I give him the, like I said, I put him over Joker as one of the best villains in cinematic, um, comic book cinematic history. Um, also, let's not at all forget the fact that he won in this movie he won and you know that that all really can't be said about very many villains at all and then the last point i'm going to make about this whole thanos versus joker thing in my opinion is that the joker was a completely not unmotivated but he had no end game other than to see the world burn other than to get under batman's skin other than to try to get batman to kill him He's still dependent on the hero. Thanos is not dependent on any of the heroes here in this film. His goal would have been the same if the Avengers showed up and tried to thought his plans or not. If you really look at it from Thanos' perspective, what Thanos' goal is, because like I said, his goal isn't death. That's just the tool used to get to his goal. His goal is to save what he can of the universe. And the Avengers in his mind, are the ones that are keeping him from saving the people that he can. Think about that and let that sit in. We're going to get into our next drop review. This one from the Andrew Bello. I'll see you guys on the other side. Hello, hello, beautiful people of the Awakened Soul. My name is the Andrew Bello, in case you're unfamiliar with these dulcet tones, but uh, I am a big Marvel fan, and I have a lot to say about Infinity War. I'm not going to be able to squeeze all of it into this two to three minutes here, but I did want to touch on a few things that I can hit on quickly. Uh, first and foremost, I got to tip my hat to my boy Dave Batista. Drax absolutely stole the show in this movie, in my opinion. Like All the comedy spots were all him. Uh, they were just hysterical, and... In a movie where you got like 50 prominent or, or well-known actors and, you know, the, the former wrestler is the guy that, that certainly stood out, at least to me, maybe because he's a former wrestler. But Drax killed it. Batista killed it. I thought that was great. Um, my favorite line of the movie is one that doesn't get enough play, in my opinion. A lot of people are going to the, why is Gamora? And there's a couple other ones. My favorite line was Stark when uh, when the Black Order arrives in New York City and he just yells, excuse me, Earth is closed today. I literally was laughing for no less than two minutes. Like everyone around me was like sort of in the moment and I just couldn't keep my shit together. I thought that was just so funny. Stark is officially, you know, the... Uh, the 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 hero of of the, of earth he is like the central character to everything as we already know but he actually treats himself like he is the last line of defense between 
uh, you know, global destruction and and these people that that have just arrived down in yet another spaceship in the middle of New York City. I'm sure he was having all sorts of PTSD about that sort of stuff, but I thought that was just perfect. Earth is closed today. Great. Um, a couple other things I wanted to touch on Thanos. Like I thought it was really cool that they were able to portray Thanos in a somewhat sympathetic way, and that he's not just like like I understand in the comics, like just a complete monster who's trying to just destroy everything for the for the sake of trying to coax the the whims of of mistress death in this movie it's a little bit more nuanced he wants to yes kill half of all of existence but he wants to do it for the greater good or so he thinks and that's always a good spin anytime you can have a bad guy that has at least some logical explanation for why he's doing things it it makes them relatable it makes you uh, you know, makes you more invested in their ultimate demise. And maybe you even want to see Thanos, you know, flip. Maybe maybe several movies down the line, Thanos is fighting alongside the Avengers. I don't believe that's uh, unprecedented according to the comic books. But uh, I guess we'll, we'll see how this all goes. Last thing is they left it in such a perfect way. The cliffhanger, yes. But with all of what happened and all of the theories that you could possibly have with time travel and reality jumping and multiverses and all that kind of stuff that the the buzz online about avengers 4 is insane already and i'm looking forward to it and we only have to wait a year thank god but i think we're going to get some big pieces in captain marvel and ant-man they're going to hold us over in the time being and that's just about three minutes folks so i'm going to go ahead and wrap this up i'm sure i'll be talking more about this on several platforms find me on twitter at bellow being bellow to find out where peace all right, so that was the Andrew Bello with his thoughts on Infinity War. So back into my portion of this review, um, we're going to get back into my thoughts. And this one is going to be about the Black Order, a.k.a. the Children of Thanos. And this one's going to be fairly short because, unfortunately, the characters did not have that much to do in the movie. I mean, really, when you look at it, um, Corvus Glaive did injure uh, Vision, and Vision even said, uh, he was like, wow, this shouldn't have hurt me that bad, and legitimately put him basically in a bed for the rest of the movie, one of the more powerful Avengers. Boom, they took him off the table very early on. Um, So that was dope that they did that. Uh, Call Obsidian and uh, Ebony Maw had the fight with Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, and Iron Man in New York. What a great battle that was. And that was that contributes to the pace of the movie. Like the movie kept coming with the action for big parts of the movie. And in almost a three hour movie, I feel like it was paced uh, probably better than most movies. It's it's length. But let's get back into the villains here. Um, So I already talked about Call Obsidian um, briefly. He was he was the big guy, the the hawkish character of the of the Children of Thanos. I hate that he got taken off the table because I really wanted to see a fight between him and the Hulk. We did not get it. Um, but, you know, I mean, he he got his hand cut off. He came back later on in the movie with a robotic hand. Um, I don't even know if he really had any lines of dialogue that I can remember. So there's not really much to talk about with him. Uh, Corvus Glaive, I talked about what he did to Vision early on in the movie. And I love later on in the movie. And a lot of people, a lot of people may have not caught that Um, when Proxima Midnight and Call Obsidian, the big guy again, um, were at that barrier at um, at Wakanda in Wakanda, not at Wakanda in Wakanda. You know, um, I believe I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Blackwood. I can't remember. 
asked what happened to him and they said they would pay for for what happened to him with their blood or his blood wouldn't be shed or something along i'm sorry if i forgot the exact line to act as if he was dead and then he later popped up in the castle of wakanda after the vision you know that again that was just smart writing and i don't know if a lot of people caught on that i haven't heard a lot of people comment on that um again he gave it to vision again vision ended up did killing him with his own weapon um but he he had some 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 of the the better moments out of the children of thanos next is proxima midnight uh that was the female of the children of thanos i'm sorry the woman out of the children of thanos and she had some pretty good fight scenes i love the, the before she died that fight scene with okoye and black widow and her and just the fact that we have these three strong women characters in in film having a duel and it still she got her comeuppance by um black widow who um i'm sorry not black widow scarlet witch who uh you know came down and you got that great line of why was she up there from Okoye? Uh, and then lastly, I want to talk about Ebony Maw. And that was the the more mystic of the characters, the one who talked about Thanos and talked about everything as if it was a religion. Like the whole, you are about to be killed by the children of Thanos. Rejoice as your lives are giving purpose. Just, I, I loved him. I hate, and he may not be dead. Like he, we did see him freeze, but he's an alien. He could be thawed out and be fine. We don't know exactly. More than likely, he won't show back up. But I love just the way he talked and um, his powers and the fact that your powers are nothing compared to mine. And just how easy and and laid back he was about it. And then when he did have Doctor Strange captured, he delivered a great line in which, out of all the years I've served Thanos, I have not failed him once. If I were to show up on Titan without the stone, it would be viewed as a failure. Like just just the way he delivered his lines and his characterization, I think was great. So those are my thoughts on the children of Thanos, the Black Order, as you will. We're going to get into another drop interview. (laughs) You guys already know. I'll see you on the other side. My edges are snatched. I know that's the only way I can describe this movie. My edges have been snatched, but I'm off of that. Um, If I had to give this movie uh, a rating on the scale of one to ten, I would definitely give it a strong eight only because I need to see it more. Because, you know, it's always so many Easter eggs and so much stuff that you missed. And you never give anything a full blown ten just off one watch. But that's just me. But I definitely enjoyed this movie. Let's start with the the, the Thanos, the 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 greatest MCU villain. Um, at first, it took me a while to kind of grasp Thanos. Uh, he seemed like a badass. Just, you know, he had these minions, the children of Thanos, who were very powerful beings themselves. But they were underneath Thanos and... Thanos just I needed to see more layers from him at first for me to kind of give him that that nod and they showed that with the obviously the soul stone scene 
uh, where he uh, unfortunately had to sacrifice Gamora to retrieve, retrieve the soul, the soul stone. Um, interesting. Uh, it kind of goes back to the first Guardians where uh, Gamora and Nebula definitely had that sibling rivalry and Thanos preferred Gamora over Nebula. And it was clear even in uh, Affinity War. Uh, Gamora's death didn't bother me. Uh, Hemdall did. <laughs> Loki did. And uh, Spider-Man's death did. But, you know, when Vision and uh, Gamora, you know, unfortunately had to bite the dust, I was just like, uh, too bad. You know, oh well. Uh, it was good to see Captain America show back up, you know, you know, uh, with the beard. And he's just doing what Cap does. Uh, he had been in the shadows for so long. And to finally come back out and be a part of the team, I knew that's really what he wanted after the big fallout after Civil War. Um, the interactions between all the characters, I definitely enjoyed. Like, it was good to see all that crossover finally happen. The Thor and Guardian scenes are the comedic release of the movie. I, it They... They made you laugh, but it wasn't overly bearing. It wasn't crazy. So you can definitely enjoy that. I looked at the interactions between Iron Man and Doctor Strange, and I wanted more of that because they're both assholes. So to see them go back and forth was good enough for me. Uh, I wanted uh, a Shuri and Peter Parker uh, type of uh, situation to happen, but maybe that'll happen in another movie. I just think those two on screen will be gold, whatever that happens. Um, Star-Lord fucked up the movie. I know, I know, I know. He was emotional because Thanos killed uh, Gamora and he found out uh, in that epic scene on Titan. But, uh, fam, keep it together, fam. But the fate of the universe is bigger than Gamora. <laughs> um, and Iron Man. Iron Man, like, we have to think about these these undertones and and i mean these 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 storylines because going all the way back into the first avengers tony stark has had severe trauma and ptsd since the attack on new york and he's been doing all this for when thanos arrived so you know the marvel cinematic universe started in 2008 but this track to affinity war really started six years ago and you know, see, you know, you see it throughout Age of Ultron and Civil War, and then you know them giving us Black Panther, you know, kind of sprinkles in a little bit more into the universe and helps with the fight against Thanos. But um, you know, obviously, a lot of these movies were filmed simultaneously, and they, uh, I felt they could have put just a little bit more T'Challa and uh, Shuri in because their their role is just as pivotal as everyone else's. But the Russos always do a great job of blending everything together. That's one thing you can never take away from them. They are excellent directors when it comes to this MCU stuff. They have brought a lot out of the movies that they have directed if you look at their track record. So I definitely appreciate that. So I think I'm running over my time. I'm going to stop blabbing. Uh, Infinity War was a great movie. Uh, appreciate you, CEO, for having me on The Waking Soul. Uh, see you on the breaks, bro. I'm out, the mind of Ralph, on Twitter, Instagram. Holla at me. Peace. Chill. What's good, everybody? This is uh, Johnny from Oversaturated, the podcast, and The Breaks Radio. Um, and this is my, I guess, my uh, abbreviated review of Avengers Infinity War. 
Um, this movie was amazing. Um, this is the culmination of 10 years, 18 movies of Marvel movies, basically. Um, the movie was amazing. Uh, my, my rating is a 9.5 and I'll get to why in a minute. So <clears throat> the movie starts off directly where Thor Ragnarok, le- Thor Ragnarok left off, um, with the Asgardians fleeing on their ship and Thanos shows up. He already shows up with the power stone. Um, and he completely destroys the Hulk. The Hulk got his, got his ass kicked and we don't see Hulk anymore for the rest of the movie. Um, I think that's a testament to how strong Thanos is. Thanos is probably, or arguably, the greatest movie villain of all time. Um, and if you th- if you look at the movie from Thanos's perspective, Thanos is kind of the protagonist of the movie. Um, he's been behind the scenes of the MCU for ten years, putting together plots to get all of the Infinity Stones, and this movie is the result of that he actually gathers them all and finishes his mission basically he accomplishes his mission and just to see that story played out on screen for me was just like i i was in awe even when the credits started rolling like i just sat there and like still trying to like process everything i i saw because the movie was so amazing um it's just it's just of course we get all of the characters that you guys know of uh from all the different movies except for hawkeye and ant-man um but that's okay i I guess they weren't really needed here in this uh in this movie my favorite my favorite parts of the movies my favorite parts of this movie probably when spider-man died because i kind of felt like i felt that um the scene where thanos had to sacrifice gomorrah to get the soul stone even though he was the um the villain of the movie he actually showed emotion um because it it seemed like, to him it seemed like accomplishing his mission was was more important than the things that he loved and i kind of i guess i kind of felt that like the man has one goal and he's not going to one mission he's not going to let anything stand in the, in that way not even his family and i I just, I guess I just kind of felt that. Um, the reason I give the movie a 9.5 is because of the, the, uh, the fight, the battle scene in Wakanda. Now I'm sure everybody by now has seen Black Panther. Um, and we saw the, the great, like the firepower, everything Wakanda has to offer. They had futuristic, uh, futuristic jets. They had rhinos with vibranium horns. Like where was all of that in Infinity War when they were battling, um, when they were battling Thanos' children, like, where was all of that? So, because the battle could have gone way better, and they probably could have won. So, that's why I give the movie a 9.5. But other than that, I thought the movie was flawless. From beginning to end, even where, even in the non-action sequences, I was still on the edge of my seat listening to every word, like, intensely, because it was, the dialogue was just that great. Infinity, Infinity War definitely exceeded my expectations. I expected to be blown away, but definitely, definitely not blown away like I was. Um, I've already seen it three times. I probably see it one or two more times. So Infinity War was great. I give it a nine point five. Um, yeah, that's it. Alright, so 
So that was both Johnny and Rob from Oversaturated, a.k.a. my brothers from the breaks. As I I believe I said already in the course of this show, we have our first live show July 21st. But enough of the shameless plug-in. Let's get back into the review. So for the next part uh, that I'm going to talk about is going to be Thor and his depiction in this movie. What I want to say again, there's a key word to this this thing that when I'm talking about Infinity War is layering. The very first thing that I want to comment on that, again, I haven't heard a lot of people mention is the fact that in the first Avengers movie, after the Bifrost Bridge was destroyed, and then I mean, sorry, and Thor had no way to get off Asgard. When he appeared on Earth, the first thing Loki said is, "How much dark energy did the All Fathers have to have to generate to bring you here?" When Heimdall, right before he dies, when he teleports uh, Bruce Banner, the Hulk, to Earth, he says, "All Fathers." Let the dark energy flow through me once again. Again, bring it home for everyone who questioned how did Thor, after the whole ending of the first Thor movie was, now he can't get back to Earth. How does he all of a sudden get back to Earth when needed? Again, layering, you figured that out. Now, this is going to be one of the first gripes that I have. The whole point of Ragnarok was that Thor was for Thor to learn that he did not need his hammer. His hammer was only to focus his power. It was not what gave him his power. When he, After he got his butt kicked by Thanos, when he was on the Guardian ship, after he thought about everything, he, he immediately went to, I need a hammer. To me, that takes away a little from the whole journey he learned in Ragnarok. Now, it was it was a minute one because overall, um, I think Thor was just badass in this movie and we'll get into that badassery a little bit soon. Sooner, later, you guys know what I mean. But he, uh, again, another thing that they undo from Ragnarok is is the eye patch. I think Thor looked badass with the eye patch, and it also showed what he had to lose in that journey to to become a better hero. And they take that away too, and the way that he just pops it out and just pops the eye in. Um, now, what I will say, the positive that I want to say about the eye. Did anyone else notice the fact that the eye was a different color? For the rest of this movie, Thor had one brown eye and one blue eye. Go back and look. So I, I love that they that they added a little flair um, to that. Now, I want to talk about my new favorite duo in the whole MCU, and that is Rocket and Thor together. And I love the fact that Rocket is still alive um, because I love these two together. That sweet, sweet rabbit, as Thor called him. I love their... Uh, dynamic between the two of them i love that they're very similar characters really in, in when you think about it um another like i said and, and i love thor i don't it's just a lot of my negatives with this movie come back to him and this is not just him but hubris i think a lot of th- people don't realize that at the end of that movie when thor did go to 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 throw storm stormbreaker through thanos's body rather than his head it wasn't because he thought that that would kill them. It's because he wanted to see Thanos face to face to tell him that he got him. Thor being in war, Thor would have probably just killed him. But because Thor in his mind, he wanted Thanos to know that he was the one. He was the one who was going to end this. He was the one who killed him. It it, it it ended up biting him back in the ass because he should have went for the head. Um, But Stormbreaker, amazing. Thanos, I mean... I keep saying Thor's arrival to Wakanda, one of the best scenes in the movie, just having that look of of 
of being lit up and him just running through everything like that's the badass Thor I want to see now what I also want to see going into the next Affinity War movie since he was this close to killing Thanos and his own cockiness or his his just need to to let Thanos know he was the one got in the way I want to see that weight being carried on Thor I also want to see more with him and Rocket um just great overall so that that's my thor that's my thor that's my thoughts on thor we're gonna get into um another drop review this time from flaw from the podcast brothers uh so we'll get into his review and then i'll i'll see you guys after that yeah views 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 what's up everybody this is your boy Law 700, half of the podcast brothers. Shout out to Hayes for having me on to give my review on the Avengers Infinity War. Fire movie. Fire movie. I have absolutely no complaints. I think we all can complain about a movie, but I will have none for this movie. You know, they, you know, just the way they 10 years in the making and well, first off, I used to be a comic book head. I used to draw comic books and then I kind of fell back from it. But I did read the Infinity Gauntlet comic. So I'm kind of up to speed at what's actually going on. And, you know, they did a great job with Thanos. You know, he stole the show. I think. Well, first off, let me just say that shame on me for only seeing Avengers twice. I should have seen that about three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. It, it, the movie's that good. Uh, and. They did a great job on Thanos to be, you know, the greatest villain that I could possibly think of. You know, Killmonger had that title for like, was it like two, three months? Now it belongs to Thanos. And they kind of set it up to where he's this big, mean guy, but he has a heart and he means well. So it's like, you know, when Avengers 4 comes out, eventually somebody's going to put hands on him. And I don't think I'm, I really want that. Because they made you feel Thanos. They made you feel his character. To me. To me. Y'all can think that he's a piece of crap for wiping out half the universe. I don't. I think he did what he thought was right. And it need to be done. And I just need to I, I just need to check the Googles to make sure that he didn't get rid of me. Because you do know you can do that, right? You can go online and see if Thanos killed you. <laughs> That's dope. The movie was fire. I mean... The first time I went, it was just me and my fiance. It was cool. The second time I went, it was uh, it was just me. It was it was a bunch of us. You know, the family went, and it was just a different emotion. The second time, like when uh, Captain America came on, he got a standing ovation. When T'Challa came on, he got a standing ovation. When Thor came down at the end with the hammer to save him because them joints was getting at him, he got a standing ovation. It was just like it was a lot of emotion. The second time I seen it, like when when Tony starts got shanked up i knew he was gonna live because it was my second time seeing it but you, you should hear you should have heard the people in the uh, uh theater like oh my god no whoa what no no that's tony stocks and you know a lot of people got real emotional when tony got stabbed up they got emotional when t'challa got punched in like shh, listen daniels put the paws on captain america and black panther and it was just like oh no because, you know, Thanos is in that movie throwing planets at people. <laughs> but it was a fire movie. I got no complaints. I want to see it again and again. Uh, Marvel is on fire. They're doing a thing. There's going to be uh, other people who can, you know what I mean, be more in-depth than I am. And, you know, break down what is what it is. I know Hayes knows Marvel. Sh I know Hayes knows Marvel stuff. I know he do. You know what I'm saying? 
I'm I'm just a fan. I got to go backwards. I got to rewatch these movies. Like I was watching the Galaxy again because I got to figure. Like you know what I'm saying? Like stuff that I slept on. Like I was just watching these movies to watch them. But Avengers: Infinity War was ten years in the making, and that's how you get it done. The movie was great. If you have not seen it, go see it. Obviously, you shouldn't be listening to this because it's a spoiler. <laughs> but yeah, man, fire, fire, um, movie, and that's all I got to say about that. Came through dripping, came through dripping, diamonds on my wrist, they dripping. Came through dripping, came through dripping. I thought the Avengers: Infinity War movie was really different and not like the typical superhero movie. It started off really, really dark with the two deaths, and it kind of just set the tone for how Thanos was going to be throughout the whole movie. Like, he was not playing. He was on a mission, and he was willing to do anything to get it done. Um, I did like that, like, the Guardians and Iron Man kind of added a little bit of comedy and gave you, like, a couple of laughs throughout the movie so it wasn't so heavy. Um, And there was so much to pay attention to, even in the scenes that didn't have a lot of action to where you kind of still were like engaged in the movie and it didn't get boring at all i also love that even if you aren't into comic books like me and you are not familiar with every character you still weren't lost in the movie and i thought the fight in wakanda was crazy i was on the edge of my seat because i really wanted to see if they were going to be able to pull it off i did not expect that ending at all and i'm like really waiting for part two because i want to see what's gonna happen Don't sweat the technique. All right, so I'm back again. So the next thing we're going to be talking about is the rest of the heroes. And not to really kind of bunch them all in together, but for the interest of time. You know, overall, the heroes really individually didn't have that much time in this movie when you really think about it. Um, But I do want to point out the fact, just a couple of things that that's burning in my head and you know we we've discussed the ending the ending in which basically everyone but the original avengers uh besides rocket and gamora is still around okoye still around uh war machine still around and um I, yeah i think every just about everyone else is gone and what my view and what i think is going to happen here is that this next one you know all the ones who, who everyone who died pre-snap um, I think he's dead for sure, but everyone who died after the snap is definitely coming coming back. Now what we have to do is we have to worry about the heroes that were left. Those are the ones that I think that we have to worry about if any of them die, those deaths really sticking. Um, really, Iron Man and Cap are the ones that I'm worried about, and I've talked about this before. Uh, there's a storyline in the Thanos Imperative in which um, it was Star-Lord, Drax, and Nova, which it's not going to be those three in this story. Um all trapped Thanos in the Cancerverse, and my my kind of theory is that it's going to be Iron Man and Cap. They're going to trap Thanos in in the quantum realm in the MCU, and we're going to lose those two characters. Maybe not forever, but we're going to lose them. Maybe until they're recast. Maybe until just the story needs for them to come back. Um, but in this movie, at least, uh, I, I, Cap again. You know, I use that word hubris uh, with Thor earlier, and I think that applies to Cap as well. Um, and 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 uh, Scarlet Witch to to an extent is as well. There is that um, when you look at it, and you know I talked about with both Star Lord, even though Star Lord kind of costs 
uh, all the heroes, but that disputed that, you know, I talked about how Thor kind of contributed to that as well. But um, I think Cap specifically, the fact that he didn't want to lose Vision and Vision even compared it to to Cap's own sacrifice in the first Avenger um, and also his choice. He was willing to die, but Cap not wanting to lose one person, not wanting to lose one life. Did that contribute? And, you know, everyone's going right to Star-Lord. And I think that's the easy thing to point at is the fact that say that Star-Lord is what caused the heroes because the gauntlet almost got off. But what about everything that could have that could have been stopped before then, before then? I talked about Thor after then because he had a chance as well. But let's talk about Cap and Scarlet Witch. If they would have been willing to sacrifice one person, a person that they both probably care for, for the greater good. For their version of the greater good, that could have stopped things. Let's parallel that with Thanos' willing to sacrifice his greatest love for what he viewed as the, the greater good and the greater necessity. He was willing to make that hard decision. When you parallel those two, it makes you think a little bit, doesn't it? Um. So, yeah, you know, I, the, those that I definitely wanted to mention that with Cap, Iron Man. You know, Iron Man was Iron Man in this movie. He did have the great suit. I love that suit. Um, I love the nanotechnology. I love the whole look of it. I love the fact that he was able to create like the, the jetpacks on his back, turning his the, the area around his feet to another thing to boost him up. The weapons that he was able to create from it. Great. I love that piece of technology. Um, but, you know, for the most part, Iron Man was Iron Man. You know, he's been haunted, as he said, uh, by Thanos being in his head for so long. Now, he didn't know it was Thanos, but that vision of all the Avengers being dead around him. Again, that layering I referred to earlier. Um, but Doctor Strange as well. Let's not mention his own hubris or, or cockiness or arrogance getting in his way because, you know, he his his unwilling to disappear like at that at, at that fight at the beginning. Would he not have been captured if he would have just been willing to leave when Iron Man told him to leave? You have the ability to teleport anywhere in the world. That whole movie could have been a cat and mouse game. They didn't have the ability to transport it seemed like as fast as he would have. Should he have done it? Uh, Iron Man's cockiness. Let's go to Titan to face Thanos. What sense does that make? Other than him just wanting to face his own demon of what he in his in his, to him has been in his head for so long. Um, Spider-Man. Spider-Man's own cockiness getting in the way when he could have went back to Earth. Uh, when he first got the Iron Sparta suit, which I like, I like the Iron Sparta suit a lot. Um, so yeah, I mean, the heroes in this movie, like I said, if you're really looking at it objectively, not just because they're presented as our heroes, if you just look at their de- their decisions objectively, versus the how they parallel to what Thanos was willing to do, I think it, I think it paints a little gray area there. The Hulk can't go without mentioning the Hulk. Great in Thor Ragnarok. They said that this and that Thor Ragnarok, this movie and the next Avengers movie kind of tell a three part story for the Hulk. And it makes sense when you see that in this movie and how his refusal to come out when Hulk is always ready for a fight. Um, And, you know, a lot of people. A lot of a lot of conversations on the Internet have said that, you know, he was scared. He was scared of Thanos to come up, come out. he was scared of Thanos and that's why he didn't come out. It all makes sense. That all makes sense that he didn't. And I've read some ridiculous 
um, theories of the Red Hawk. It's not going to be the Red Hawk people. It's going to be the Hawk, and he's going to make a victorious return in that. Um, oh, and I, you know how I said that Iron Man and Cap may uh, trap Thanos in the quantum world? What about the Hulk also sacrificing himself? Um, just This is just a, a great film overall. Um, so... Yeah, you know, every hero there. I already talked about Vision a little bit. I've already talked about Scarlet Witch a little bit. Black Panther. Now, listen, everyone who saw Black Panther now saying that they're upset that Black Panther didn't have a bigger role. Black Panther was never going to have a bigger role in this movie. And this is where people are allowing their affinity for Black Panther to say, well, he should have had a bigger role. It wouldn't have served the story for him to have a bigger role than this. It wouldn't have. There was no point. This whole thing is about culmination. He's had he's been in two movies, three now. He shouldn't have had a huge role in this. There's no reason other than, yes, I love T'Challa as a character, but he did not have to be a huge role in this movie at all. I think that it would have taken away from the sequels and the stories that he's going to be around past this movie. Captain Iron Man may not be. He did not need to have a large role. His large role is going to come in the next phase after this. So I'm not one of those people who subscribe to the fact that I was a little disappointed that he did not have a larger role in this movie. Now, I do know a couple of people that that were. Uh, we're going to get into uh, a couple of more um, reactions from Infinity War. These ones are very personal to me. I'll see you on the other side of those. Uh, for my brothers with daughters, I call this. For my brothers with daughters, I call this. Not saying that our sons are less important. Uh, uh. I love Infinity War so much, and my favorite character was Black Panther, and my favorite part was when <laughs> uh, everything, and my least favorite part is when uh, Black Panther died and made me cry. Hey, Lala, what was your favorite part in Infinity War? <laughs> I don't know. You don't know? Yes. Was it who was your favorite character in Infinity War? Black Panther. Did you like Infinity War? Yes. You did? Mm-hmm. Were you sad at the ending? Yes. What, what happened? Why were you sad? Because so many people died, even Black Panther. What about Spider Man? I feel sad too. Yeah. <laughs> you were sad. But you're gonna be excited when the next one comes out, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, baby. I can, and I also cannot wait to see the new superhero. To see the new superhero, Captain Marvel? Mm-hmm. That's cool. I never get to see her. Like I never seen her before. But you excited about it? Yes. Okay, good. Well I can't wait to see it with you. Give me a big hug. Mm-hmm. I love you. I love you too. All right, those are my baby girls. But uh, all right, so for this last portion that I'm going to talk about for this movie, I want to talk about what comes next. I kind of already got into what my theory is on how the next movie is going to end or what they're working towards. But I want to talk about that end credit scene. And that is we see Nick Fury and Maria Hill come out of a of a car. And yeah, so, you know, Nick, well, first Maria Hill disappears. Nick Nick Fury, as he's feeling himself starting to go away, he starts to uh, pull out this, um, this beeper is really kind of what it is, a beeper from God knows when. And, uh, and as he goes away and he drops on the floor, we see the Captain Marvel uh, symbol. And so what does that mean? What is Captain Marvel? The movie comes out 
right before the next Avengers movie. She's definitely going to play a huge part in the next Avengers movie. Is she going to be what saves everything? Is she going to kind of be the the changing of the old guard? We're going to lose one captain in Captain America to gain a new captain in Captain Marvel. Um, I definitely think that's going to be the way it is. I don't think what I, I don't think and a lot of people are thinking she's going to solo come in and, and match up with Thanos. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think she's going to be what's used to bring the heroes back together um, because she can fly, because she can go out in space, because she He's part Cree um, to, to maybe go and get our heroes that are stranded on Titan to bring them back to Earth. Maybe they see her strength and they rally around it. But I don't think she's going to be what uh, ultimately defeats Thanos. I think it's going to be either Captain America or, or Iron Man. And don't forget, and this is something that I didn't mention earlier, is that, you know, the arc reactor came from Tony's father trying to emulate the energy patterns of the Tesseract, which we found out was an Infinity Stone. So is that arc reactor, is that going to be more powerful in the fight against Thanos than we think? Is the Quantum Realm going to play a huge role? Is is is, is it just going to be Thorn with Stormbreaker? Are one of our heroes going to get the Infinity Gauntlet to use the stones against Thanos? It can be a combination of any of those things. I just don't believe they're going to use Captain Marvel as the sole reason they they beat Thanos like a lot of people are doing or, or thinking. Um I definitely think that to bring it all together, especially if if we are truly losing Captain America, um, as far as the, he said that, you know, after these two movies, these that's it for him. I think a better way to go off considering his sacrifice to parallel what he did in that first Avenger movie is for him to sacrifice himself once again to save not only our country this time, but the world. Just think about that. That would be a great way to bring that that character story full tilt um so yeah i mean there, there's there's a lot of different ways they can go about it uh that's just personally what i'm subscribing to is what's going to happen um and also and i didn't mention this earlier so i do want to mention this now of all the death scenes which one was the more powerful to you was it gamora was it loki just because of everybody's attachment to him was it black panther because everyone's attachment there also um was it Spider-Man fading away in his mentor, his father figure's arm saying he didn't want to go on the fact that he felt, let's imagine having the sense to know when danger's coming and you feel your death coming and, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. Very powerful, powerful moments there. Um, we're going to get into our very last drop review. This one's from Gerald L. Cooper, uh, one of my favorite people to talk, talk about anything nerd related comic related on the other side of his review i'll be signing off i'll be giving you guys your farewells i'm giving you some information but we're gonna go ahead and get into coop's review right now hey everybody it's gerald cooper here with my infinity war reaction amazement uh, <laughs> amazement is really the the big takeaway for me. Um, first, I'm going to start off with I've been reading comic books for well over 30 years, and this may be the single best representation. I I, I mentioned something like this about uh, Thor Ragnarok on Awakened Soul. Um, this may be the best representation of what a comic book event feels like. Uh, and real quick, a comic book event is when there's a there's all of the story leading up to one gigantic story, which is basically what the MCU ha- has done leading up to infinity war. Um, the, the stakes were high. The, um, the, the action was tremendous. Um, everything that 
that I feel when I crack open a comic book. I even hear sound, man. You know, um, they gave us in this. So for the handful of people who are still like, no, we, you know, comic books are still for kids. We don't do that. Um, this is what you would be experiencing if you um, cracked open an, uh, an event comic. Uh, the other thing that really struck me, of course, was the ending. And not just because, um, spoiler alert, if you don't know by now, that the villain wins. Um, it's it's just this massive cliffhanger. And, and not just because of that, like, Western audiences just aren't accustomed to the villain winning. That, that the film going off with the, the bad guy triumphant. And it... It wasn't even that in so much as it was. It's a Disney film. Sometimes we forget that Marvel is owned by Disney and the House of Mouse isn't giving us the feel good ending. They're giving us not not only something that honors uh, the source material, but an ending that says, here's an experience. My my theater was dead silent except for me. I was actually ribbing the uh, ribbing the the stunned uh, the the stunned crowd. They didn't know what to do with themselves, and I was oh boo hoo you no happy ending because this this is what great story is. We we don't necessarily need to feel great walking out of the theater or when we put a book down. Let's have a different kind of experience, and I should have expected it. Because of the way that um, um, Disney handled Rogue One, where all of the major players died at the end. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Rogue One. Um, this was not the typical Star Wars experience. The the Yes, the heroes can get beat down. Yes, they have to find a way back, but they don't really lose. There's always a possibility and death is final. That's it. Um, and, and this was something very similar where I absolutely, I'm, I'm watching this whole thing and man, I'm like, this is, this is looking bad. You know, it re- reminds me of some, some great Jeff Johns comics. It doesn't feel like they're going to win at any point. Not really. Um, doesn't like they're going to come back and they don't, which is awesome. So that's actually going to be it for me because I could go detail for detail. Actually, I, I have, um, and I've talked about this ad nauseum on my own podcast and, you know, with, with buddies and everything. So if you haven't seen it and you're not spoiled, well, I just spoiled you. Sorry. Um, and, and you're not otherwise spoiled. Go check it out and, um, go be amazed one more time. That's why they're called Marvel. Good talking to you. Peace. All right. So that's it. That is the official Affinity War review from The Awakened Soul. We had a lot of different opinions over the course of this. Uh, you got mine in there as well. I hope you guys appreciate it. I hope between uh, my thoughts to add some death and everyone's quick reviews that you guys feel that everything in the movie was covered. Anything left you want to talk about, you want to hear my opinion on or anyone else's, send me any feedback, questions, comments, concerns to theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. That is theawakensoulpod at gmail.com before we go again i have to plug it i have to plug it it's the live show the breaks radio live show coming july 21st 2018 the link to purchase your tickets through eventbrite will be in the description of this podcast um it is in s it is in st louis stl at herb herb arts um so if you click that eventbrite link the address everything up about the venue um 
can will will pop right up. Anyone who's coming from out of town, if you need any recommendations on any hotels in the area or any any areas that you want to look into staying, uh, me, Johnny, or Ralph can help you with that. Um, so reach out to any any of the three of us if you guys are coming in town and you need some assistance for that. Again, that is July twenty first. The Breaks Radio is having a live show, and we are, couldn't be more excited about it. We have some amazing stuff planned for this live show. We're getting our topics together, but we 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 have some stuff that's a little different than a lot of podcasts do the live shows with that uh, I'm really excited about. You know, if you listen to The Awakening Soul, you know I don't do anything like very many podcasts. I try to always add some depth to everything I do, and this event is Definitely, definitely, definitely going to be deep. Um, the topics are going to be deep. The topics are going to be fun. You guys listen to the breaks radio. You know the dynamic between the three of us. We have a lot of fun when the three of us get together and record. Magic happens every single time. Now you'll be able to experience that live. Have I sold it enough? Come to the live show. The Achievement. The live show. That's the title of the live show. The Achievement is going down July 21st, 2018. Um, what else is coming down the pipeline for the awakening? So I have a extremely dope topic um, that I actually reached out to talking it out podcast uh, to be able to discuss with me. It's related to uh, feminism. So, uh, you know, it's 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 going to be a great topic. I, I can't wait to, to release that episode. I can't wait to record it. I can't wait to just see how that's going to go down and the reactions to it as well. Um, so finally, you know, that's a, that's enough. I'm closing out the show. You can follow me at CEO Hayes. You can follow the podcast. More importantly, the podcast Awaken Soul Pod on Twitter. Definitely check it out. I can't wait for this live show i can't wait to see you guys next week uh until then that's it for us i love each and every one of you guys Bye.